Good morning, Big Ten fans. Welcome back to another edition of the Big Ten Morning Minutes. I'm your host, Mike Chen. Give me a follow on Twitter at MikeFChen. Follow the show site over there as well at Big Ten MM. It is Thursday, June 17th, 2021. And, oh man, there's a lot going on inside the Big Ten yesterday. A, a good deal. Uh, let's be real here. We've had some quiet days and Yesterday, there's a lot of stuff that was happening. We'll start off with Rutgers. As they've rounding out their coaching staff, Greg Schiano uh, had an opening in his strength and conditioning area. And, well, he has filled that with a former player. Uh, and that former player is quarterback Chaz Dodd. He's going to join the staff. He's going to be an assistant in the uh, strength and conditioning uh, area. And, you know, again, I, I can't stress this enough. I, I, I love the fact that schools continue to hire alumni for positions like this. Instead of going outside of their perceived box. And to me, that just shows loyalty to the players, uh, kind of a a reward saying, hey, look, if you choose a career path inside football, post-playing career, as a former student athlete, there's opportunities for you. I love it. I love it. Uh, you know, it, it, it shows that, you know, schools are loyal to their players and, you know, Rutgers isn't the only school to do this. Let's be real here. There are multiple schools that do this. But I just, there's just something about the hiring of a former player to the staff, whatever role it may be, that just, it just feels right. And for Rutgers and Dodd, you know, Greg Shadow found a role for him and a role that fits what his skill set is. And, uh, you know, I, I think that this is uh, going to be a nice little marriage that uh, Dodd, Rutgers, and Shannon are going to have once again. A trio of commitments inside the Big Ten. And we're going to start off with the one that is the most important. And the reason why it's the most important is because Devin Mockaby, the running back, was originally set to go to Navy. Uh, on the scholarship, Navy doesn't give out ac uh, athletic scholarships, but they give out uh, the, uh, I guess it's a, I don't know, it, it's a hard way to put it because, you know, obviously it's a military institution. Uh, so they don't give out quite athletic scholarships, but they give you money, okay? So he was all set to enroll on campus and end up playing for the midshipmen. Uh, well, things changed, obviously, with Mockleby because he is no longer going to be going to the Service Academy. He is going to be enrolling at Purdue. And, you know, that commitment that came out yesterday, because he is a guy that is in the 21 class and will be enrolling as soon as fall practice starts up, that's why this is an important commitment. 
he's a guy that's going to be able to you know, get on the field and start his career. He's not going to have to wait. But the key here, however, is not just the commitment of Makobi. It is the fact that Jeff Brom gets to save a scholarship. Although scholarship numbers are weird right now, let's be real here. The NCAA with the adoption of the free year has made scholarships, the 85 limit, super flexible. Uh, But Purdue and multiple other schools don't want to get into an area where they're going to have to start quote-unquote cutting players. It's unfair. It's uh, not a good practice. Uh, you know, there are certain schools that are going to continue to, you know, take extra players in uh, and, you know, not cut them. But these players are going to enter the portal, okay? It's just part of modern football and what it entails. Uh, but the key here is that Maccabi is going to be a preferred walk-on. He's not going to cost him a scholarship. And so this is like a win-win for both parties because Maccabi wanted to really, really wanted to play at Purdue. That, that's the school that he, uh, you know, when he made his decision to go to Navy, it was, you know, Purdue was up there. P- Purdue is one of the schools that he highly considered. And now he'll get an opportunity to play for the Boilers and Jeff Brom. So, uh, like I said, it's an in- important commitment because he will be able to get on the field Right away, he's not going to have to wait uh, a year, and uh, actually, it's right right about a year because the twenty twos will be, you know, they enroll in you know June, July, right around this time, to to start practice for the fall. You know, if they're summer enrollees, or even if they are, you know, if they're early enrollees, a lot of them are coming in January and February, so uh, it, it's a little bit different. But nevertheless, uh, you're going to see Mockaby. Uh, enroll at Purdue pretty much right away. It's a uh, it's a nice little win win for both parties there, Maccabi and Brom. Michigan State went out to Colorado and grabbed offensive tackle Braden Miller. Miller is six seven, two hundred ninety pounds. I mean the frame is absolutely fantastic. Uh, good offer list as well. Kansas State, Arizona State, uh, the U, uh, Iowa State. Michigan, Stanford, Oklahoma State, Tennessee, Texas Tech. He had offers from all over the place. I like this commitment. I think that you know Mel Tucker, uh, there was a, a lot of question marks surrounding what he was trying to do. Uh, getting hired late in the cycle last year, uh, kind of he focused on guys that were in – that Colorado, Eric, obviously coming from Colorado. And he's kind of carried that over a little bit into this recruiting cycle. Look, you make these connections and relationships with these young men. And even if you go to another school, you're still continuing those relationships. Uh, it, it happens all over the place. Um, you know, uh, an example is uh, right now a, another very similar situation. So uh, Lance Leopold uh, was the head coach of Buffalo. Uh, 
you know, late in the cycle, got hired to become Kansas's coach. Uh, well, the multiple players from Buffalo enter the transfer portal and are now following Leopold to Kansas. Like in anything, it's about a relationship. It's about the comfortability factor. And when your coach goes and you've created this relationship and he goes somewhere else and that coach wants to continue the relationship, you know, it's just, it's, it's a comfortable feeling. And I think that's exactly what happened here with Miller is that Miller felt comfortable enough to say, Hey, all right, let's, um, you know, it, it's a little bit further than I would have liked. He's not going to be able to stay at home, but it's the same coaching staff. It's the same lead guy. It, you know, he, he felt comfortable going to Michigan State, becoming a Spartan. So I really like this pickup. I, I love the size again and, uh, you know, a very solid offer list that Miller had. Uh, Minnesota also grabbed a commitment yesterday from Maryland wide receiver Ike White. This one is going to sting a little bit for the Terrapins because he had a Terrapin offer along with Boston College, Cincinnati, uh, Pittsburgh, Syracuse, Tennessee, and Virginia Tech. Uh, he's a smaller guy, uh, you know, not the prototypical you know, 6'2", 6'3", 190-pound guy, but, uh, you know, White's a little smaller uh, at 5'11", 185, uh, more of a slot type of guy. And uh, again, I think that P.J. Fleck has uh, shown over the course of his Minnesota career that he can develop wide receivers. Uh, you know, you're, you're looking at multiple guys, uh, just recently Rashad Bateman, that uh, are, are getting selected into the NFL draft. And, you know, if you're a guy that, uh, you know, wants to be able to you know, develop and you know, potentially be a high draft pick, in the NFL, you know, Minnesota's not the worst place to go. P.J. Fleck has done a really good job. Uh, he did it at Western Michigan as well. Um, you know, he, uh, there was, I believe, Corey Davis was a first-round pick of the Tennessee Titans. Uh, don't hold me on that one, but uh, I know that for sure Corey Davis was a first-round pick out of Western uh, while uh, Fleck was over there. Yeah, I, I mean, look, uh, you know, Rashad Bateman, uh, also a first-rounder. Uh, you've got plenty of guys uh, that are going to continue to flow out of Minnesota at that wide receiver position that are going to get drafted high because they do a good job. PJ Flock does a good job with those type of players. And, uh, you know, if uh, I think White uh, liked the opportunity, uh, I think that, you know, I, I do think that. The one thing that Minnesota is missing is that like big time elite quarterback. No knock on any of their quarterbacks. Um, you know, Tanner Morgan is is great. Um, Zach Anastad, when he had his opportunity, was pretty solid. But they're they're good, solid. They're not great elite type of guys. And uh, I think that if Fleck is able to land that or even develop a guy into that. And I think that that offense can just take another jump and be even better. But either way, I, I really like the commitment for Minnesota by grabbing uh, Maryland wide receiver Ike 
white. Uh, one other quick note, I guess it won't be super quick, but uh, one other note on the football side of things, and technically this is not even the football side of things, this is just a, a university side of things. The University of Michigan continues to not handle the uh, Robert Anderson claims very well. There was a uh, former athlete-led protest that happened, and the athletes, the former athletes, are calling for the university to do a full investigation about the allegations of Anderson. And uh, they don't believe that the university has handled this well. I don't seem to disagree. Uh, I think it's a very similar situation to Michigan State and Larry Nassar. The Spartans declined to go into an internal investigation about this because I think that they would have turned up a lot of dirt. And it just didn't seem like something that they wanted to do. And I believe that they've seen other Big Ten schools do this. Uh, the biggest one, obviously, being uh, Jerry Sandusky of Penn State uh, and you know Richard Strauss as well at Ohio State. But you know Michigan is really in the news about Anderson's role at the university, uh, obviously with Bo Schembechler as well, uh, his son coming out saying that uh, you know, he was abused by him when he was 10 years old. Uh, multiple athletes coming out and saying that they had the same experiences. Uh, Schembechler's family coming out the other day and releasing a statement pretty much saying that, you know, they don't believe that Bo would have allowed this. The university needs to do the right thing. And the right thing is to do an internal investigation and find out what really happened. And never let this happen again. If they really have the backs of their former athletes, they will do it. I'd be interested to see how Michigan handles this. Uh, the, the Board of Regents actually is set to convene today virtually. This is not in their agenda. This needs to be added to their agenda. They need to discuss this. They need to figure out what's going on. And they need to figure out a solution to this whole issue. I'll be interested to see if anything comes out of Ann Arbor this afternoon. I'll bring you the information tomorrow if it does. Okay. Or if it doesn't. Either way, we're going to hear something today. And uh, it'll be interesting to he hear what it is. Because if this wasn't on their agenda, it needs to be. And it needs to be immediately. And uh, I hope that they put it on their agenda. I hope that this is, uh, you know, something that the university needs to look into. So we'll see if that happens or not. But at the current moment, this, uh, you know, their board is not expected to discuss anything regarding the claims of abuse by a team doctor, Robert Anderson. 
One quick note on the basketball side of things before I sign off for the morning, and that is Maryland transfer Ian Martinez. Martinez actually just had surgery to repair a torn meniscus. Uh, Luckily, the meniscus is, I wouldn't say the least valuable ligament in your knee, but it's the easiest one to repair. The recovery time uh, compared to uh, the uh, ACL is significantly different. So if you're going to tear something in your knee, the, the meniscus is the one to do it. I'm not saying that anyone wants to tear anything in their knees. Uh, Personally, I have had multiple knee surgeries. It's not fun. It really isn't. And uh, either way, uh, Martinez, uh, luckily for him, is not going to be out for too long. He's uh, going to be uh, medically cleared in anywhere between two and three months. Um, That puts him... In you know September-ish, uh, I'm not 100% sure if he will be ready when the season starts. Uh, that's a lot to ask, but uh, I do think that at some point in time uh, before the season is over, that Martinez will be ready to go for Mark Turgeon and the Terrapins. You know, with any surgery, uh, you want to push yourself, but you don't want to push yourself too far to uh, aggravate it, to re-injure it to do really anything that is going to uh, move that timeline. So I I think that uh, especially because they're doing it now in the summer, uh, so far out of the season, I think that Martinez actually does have a really good chance to recover and play the majority of this coming season. So uh, I do think that uh, it's a loss, but it's not – uh, the timing is, I wouldn't say it's perfect. I think the perfect timing, you're probably looking at uh, having it done in uh, April. But, you know, having it done in, in June is much better than having it done in August. So uh, hopefully Martinez recovers quickly and he'll be able to see the court for Maryland as soon as possible. And that will do it for me this morning on your Big Ten Morning Minutes. Once again, I appreciate the listen. Uh, go ahead and give me a follow on Twitter at MikeFChad. Follow the show site over there as well at Big10MM. Rate us, reviews, share us on all of your listening platforms. Have a great Thursday, Big Ten fans. I will talk to you tomorrow morning.